Today's gospel is one of my favorites from John. He gives us an amazing image that if we look at it carefully, teaches us about two deeply interwoven truths. As a result, tonight I'm going to make two contradictory statements with regard to our scriptures for today. And you need both of them in the right order. First, don't just do something, sit there. Second, don't just sit there, do something. I know, it sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? But trust me, it sounds a lot easier than it is in reality. So let's start with the first statement. Don't just do something, sit there. I read some time ago in a magazine about a Baptist minister that went to Vietnam to study with the famous Buddhist teacher there named Thich Nhat Hanh. When he got back, his comrades asked him what he had learned there that would help the church. And this is what he answered them. The most important thing I learned, I said in all seriousness, is how to breathe in and breathe out. I have not yet learned how to meditate, but I know now how to sit quietly for a few moments and breathe in and breathe out. And I am learning how in those moments to be aware of how Jesus sits with me and loves me. I imagine myself reclining like the beloved disciple, sitting with Jesus and leaning on his shoulder, abiding in his love. This Baptist minister learned about how to be fully present. And by being present and becoming aware of his breath, he was able to become aware of Christ. In order to abide, to be present, we have to love. But one of the best ways to love is to abide. That is, to be fully present. And the way to learn to be present is sitting there. Now, there sure is a lot of talk about abiding in our text today. And it's not just here in chapter 15 either. It's all over John's writings. Almost half of the occurrences of meno, the word meaning abide in the New Testament, are in John's writings. Clearly, this is a very important idea for him. The word for abide, it also means to remain or dwell, live in or be joined with. And so the idea that John is trying to get across to us here is presence. Abiding is about Jesus being fully present in and with God, and God being fully present in and with Jesus, and therefore us being fully present in and with Jesus and God. But being present is a problem. It takes work. As we heard from the Baptist minister, it's not easy. Any of you who have tried meditation know that you don't just simply sit down and meditate like that. It takes lots of practice and awareness and patience to quiet all of those conversations, the judgments and the to-do lists, the rambling in our head, keeping us from being present. We've got to just sit there. And when I say sitting there, I mean meditation and prayer and worship, the activities that are part of a faithful Christian life where we, like the Baptist minister, recall that all of this is fundamentally about love. And that's what this abiding is about, learning that God loves us and in turn that we love him and that we want to be near and remain near the ones we love. I am the vine and you are the branches. Jesus is our source. Our life flows from him. Of course, it doesn't always seem like that. It's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life. 
I know for myself that when I'm trying to get dressed and eat breakfast to do my hair so that it's to army standards, brush my teeth, pack lunch and all my gear and everything ready for the day, Jesus as my source is the last thing on my mind, sadly. Furthermore, when I get home at the end of the day and I do just sit there, it's far more likely to be in front of my phone, either scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or watching Netflix rather than sitting with the cross. So here's my challenge to you. At least two times this week, I want you to just sit there for a while and rest there. Abide. Abide in God's love. Now my second statement for today is, don't just sit there, do something. Reading through the New Testament and studying the ministry of Jesus, it's clear that his ministry was one of action. While just sitting there is important, it's not quite enough. Three times in the readings, John follows a particular pattern. First, he tells us that God loves us, then reminds us that, based in that foundation, we need to love one another. I am the vine, and you are the branches. And the branches, whether in a vineyard or in the wild, they tend to wrap and twine around one another until you really can't tell where one stops and the other begins. I am the vine, and you are the branches. And as branches twine and wrap and curve around one another, eventually all you can see is a maze of families and relationships, of mutual pains, joys, and hurts. It is in this that John reminds us that love isn't just divine to human. Love isn't just abstract. Indeed, there's no way to say that you love God whom you cannot see if you fall down on the job to love the brothers and sisters whom you can see. More to the point, a few verses or earlier, John writes, How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? Don't just sit there. Do something. But what? Do what, you might ask. Now, as much as I'd like to, that's not an answer I can give you. Because it depends on you. What you have, the brother or sister that you see. In our liturgical calendar, remember saints who lived in all kinds of circumstances. Some were the poorest of poor, while others were kings and queens. And one of the things that the stories of their lives teach us is that there's no one way to fulfill this command. But it makes taking stock of what you have and using it the best you can. Now for me, I encounter quite a lot of sitting days in my job as a, both a priest and chaplain. About seven years ago, I worked as a hospital chaplain, and I can vividly remember one specific encounter in which I was called to just sit. It was a beautiful spring day. It was one that was calling me for a bicycle ride. But instead, I found myself working at the hospital that weekend. A call came in from the ICU just after mid-morning. One of our patients was nearing the end. He was about to be transported to hospice care at Gilcrest, where he would spend his last hours. And the nurses weren't sure that he would even hang on long enough to be transported. He couldn't talk and communicated only with difficulty. But it was clear enough what he wanted. He wanted people there. He didn't want to be left alone. And so, a nurse on one side of him and me on the other, holding his hands, we sat. Not speaking, not doing other things at the same time, we just sat. I find it a precious thing to be invited into someone's last moments on earth, 
It has a certain special character that I can't quite describe. It requires being there and paying attention to what is going on. It is silent sitting, waiting, and watching as an act of love. For roughly two hours, we sat with him and were simply present. I watched him breathe in and breathe out, and we did not know if one of those breaths would be his last. Sometimes the love that we are called to is the work of sitting, of watching and waiting. The transport did eventually come, and he was taken away. I heard later that evening that, sadly, he had passed away. But my time sitting with him and watching him breathe in and breathe out has abided with me all these years later. I will probably never forget that experience. But over the last year, I've also watched friends and family and church members, soldiers, random people I meet, breathe in and cry out, full of pain, anxiety, loneliness, frustration, depression, and a whole host of other emotions as we are experiencing life in a pandemic. And I don't think I need to recap the events that have been going on and continue to go on in our country. We are all exhausted and fatigued and know firsthand. Now we, as a country and as a community, are being called to show what love looks like in practice. Between the politics surrounding the election and inauguration, the recent violence on our nation's capital, the COVID-19 pandemic with all that it brings, the vaccine shortage, and trouble for most Americans to even make an appointment to receive the vaccine, we have been given an opportunity to rethink the way that we do things and to restructure our system in ways that don't repeat the broken patterns of the past. We need acts of love. We need to build together not just acts, but habits of love that take seriously this image Jesus has given us with the vine and its twined and interwoven maze of branches. Our lives are intertangled with all of our brothers and sisters. We can't act as if that's not the case. I don't know what your role might be in all of this, but if you sit and breathe and look for the movement and breath of the Spirit, you might have a fuller sense of how you are being called to act. In the season of Lent, as we ponder the meaning of our lives, our relationship with God and with others, as we remember and reflect on our baptism, as we consider new life in Christ, as we wonder about what it means to abide in God, may we just sit there and may we do something wonderful for the sake of the love of God. Amen.